Welcome to the Fire and Earth Podcast with your hosts, Jason Mefford and Kathy Gruber. Fire and Earth, giving you the keys to unlock your limitless potential. Welcome to another episode of the Fire and Earth Podcast. I'm your co-host, Jason Mefford. And I am Kathy Groover. And today we thought we would talk about a subject that is, I think, affects everybody's life, affects everybody throughout the course of their life. It is money. Money, 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 money. 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 <laughs> hey, we're both in the same place. <laughs> With a little cash interest in the background. Well, yeah. it's, it's either that one or the Pink Floyd bum, 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 bum. Bum, bum, money is oh, yeah. uh, the other it's money song. Right? Yeah, I don't know the words to that one. So uh, anyway, we're not doing a mu- our musical episode, though we actually should do that at some point. But we were, before we got on the air, we were talking about sort of the energy of money and how our perception of money and prosperity is shaped by how we're raised, by the messages that we got as a child, the messages that we got from whether it's employers or society at large about how you view people with money, how you view money, what you quote deserve in the universe. So we thought it'd be interesting to talk about that today. Yeah. Cause this is, this is one of those things that, um, you know, I, I know you and Kathy, we've talked about this. I've talked about it with a lot of other people as well, that most of us have some money issues. Okay. Uh, because we have, there, there is an energy around money, but mm-hmm. usually we get taught things growing up, right? Like, oh, we don't have money for that. Oh, look at those, you know, nasty mm-hmm. rich people. You know, there, there's like, there, there's like both sides of it. You know, money is the root of all evil. You know, there's all of these kind of negative things around money that we're taught and that we start to believe, Right, which is which is why again, if you don't have a good relationship with money, you probably ain't got no money. Yeah, or not as much as you'd like, you know. And I was a huge fan of Susie Orman um, uh-huh. for a while, and I used to watch her show. And one of the things she talked about was, do you respect money? And she used the very physical example of, you know, she said she was in a grocery store or something and the woman in front of her opened up her purse and there was just, it was wadded up and it was just shoved in there and she didn't know how much she had. And she said, just from the energetic perspective of respect, I have my money nicely organized. Everything's facing the right way. I treat it with respect. And I thought that's such an interesting thing. I mean, it sounds ridiculous. Who cares how you treat the physical money? But if it's something that is precious to you, if it's something that is valuable to you, and I'm not saying that, you know, if you have a negative view about money, you're like, I don't think money's precious. No, your, your landlord does. So, you know, um, but she had a really good point of just treating the actual physical money with respect. I have a girlfriend who will not put her purse on the floor, like at a restaurant or something, because she believes that is disrespectful to her prosperity and her money. So she always either hangs it on the thing or she'll put it on the chair next to us, or, you know, she doesn't want her purse on the floor. And I was like, that's an interesting thing too. You know, so we all have these, uh, sort of rituals around money. Uh, but those were just a couple that, you know, my friend Susie Orman, I know we have a lot of different ways we can go with this. Yeah. So which way do we want to go down? Right. Because, because I think one, one thing that I learned, um, you know, too, as we talk about money consciousness is money doesn't come from hard work. That's, that's what so many people say. That's another one that we tend to believe, right? Well, if you work harder, work harder, work harder, then you're going to have more money. 
Well, do all the people that work really hard have a lot of money? No. In fact, a lot of the people that work the hardest get paid the least amount of money, right? Yeah. And so again, one thing that I was taught, um, I usually have a picture, but, but imagine that you've got two squares on a, on a page of paper. And in the one you write work and in the other one you write money. Work does not equal money. Yes, money does come from work, but there is not a direct relationship between the amount of work that you do and mm -hmm. the money that you make, right? In Absolutely. fact, I have worked very, very hard for some money, other money. In a minute, I've made as much as it took me like a week to yep. earn other money, right? So getting that kind of separated from a prosperity consciousness in your mind that money comes from the universe, it doesn't come from hard work. Oh. Yes, we have to work. We have to do things. We have to provide service and value to other people, but money doesn't come from the work. It's provided by the yeah. universe. That's such a good point. It's so funny because when you said that, my first, I kind of rebelled against it. I'm like, of course work leads to, but you have a good point. You know, the first keynote that I did that I got paid a full fee for, I remember sitting at breakfast that they provided for me in the hotel that they provided for me after I got off the airplane that they provided for me, not the airplane, the airline did, but you know, they paid for it. They didn't like send a jet for me. I'm not quite that kind of speaker. And the woman came over, she goes, Kathy, it's so great to have you here. And she handed me my check. She said, I just wanted to give you this before you do your talk today. And I'm sitting there having this great breakfast. The waitress is amazing. She brought me a pitcher of iced tea and I'm sitting there looking at this multi-thousand dollar check to go do a 50 minute talk, which is my favorite thing in the world. I love it so much. And I looked at that and went, holy shit, they're paying me to do this. You know, so you're right. It wasn't, I didn't do 50 massages to make that amount of money. They just, they paid me that to do this thing that I love. So, so I get what you're saying now. It took me a second to, to not. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, said. because that's why, again, it's so, so where I've, one of the shifts that I've been making in my money consciousness and energy around it is I serve people and people pay me for me serving them. There's not a direct one-to-one -one relationship. You know, it's like there's sometimes I might spend five hours helping somebody and earn a certain amount of money or they pay me a certain amount of money, right? But my serving that person is helping energetically to where there's other times that honestly, I don't do hardly anything. You know, like I said, it's like, yeah. It's like, oh, geez, there's money that I just found there. I didn't realize that somebody owed me for something that I, you know, didn't have to put in very much time for. And so it's, you know, focusing on the serving and doing what we can do. The money follows yeah. if you serve people, if you create expansion in people's lives, if you help people, then you will get paid. Yeah. And, and. And another, another thing kind of from that, right? Because again, most of the time we consider um, money icky, right? And we, we hate to go ask for it or do things like that, but there is a balance and there must be a balance in the universe, yeah. right? So if, if I do something for you, then to balance that, you 
should do something for me, right? Same thing. If you do something for me, I do something for you. It doesn't always have to be money, but that just happens to be the medium of exchange in most of our countries, right? So, so by you serving someone, you should receive some kind of offering from that person. It's again, usually in our societies that comes in the form of money, right? Yeah. So you don't have to feel icky about accepting money if you have been serving and helping people to receive the money. Yeah. Right? If you go stick them up and take their money, <laughs> totally wrong, right? But if you're providing service, <laughs> right. valuable yeah, goods or services or things like that, <clears throat> then you are entitled right, to, to receive some yeah. form of compensation, either money or otherwise Fair. for that. I agree with you. And where I see a huge sticking point on this is, first of all, a lot of us were raised that money is icky or we don't have enough. We're raised in that place of lack, which I'll get to in a second. But because I came from the massage background, I see so many people who are healers who don't want to charge. They don't feel they should charge. They feel like this is a gift and they're starving. They like they're living on people's couches because they will not charge for this thing that they're providing. And it's like, but you had to pay for your table. You have to pay for the lotion. You have to pay for the sheets. You had to pay for your education. You have to pay for your rent. You have to pay, you know, unless you're just wealthy or you have enough to live on, you you need to have that exchange. Also, people do not appreciate sometimes things that are given for free. The times that I have discounted, swear to God, every time I've discounted, massively discounted a session for a client, it's been a nightmare. They've not shown up. They've been jerks. They've not even given me the 20 bucks that they, they were expecting. I mean, they were just, it's been a horrible experience when I have discounted it for people who say they can't afford my services. Yeah. Having, having said that though, the first chiropractor that I went to, it was my wedding day. I was about to fly home to Pittsburgh. My neck went out. I sat in the chair and went, oh no. And I literally, hours later, I was getting on a plane to go get married. I found a chiropractor in the phone book. It was down the street from my office. I had to walk. I didn't have a car. I you know, like huddled down, you know, in, Mon- in uh, not Montecito, Beverly Hills at this point, waddled down to this guy. He adjusted me and I said, how much do I owe you? And he said, $20. And I said, no, that can't be your rate. And he said, Kathy, let me ask you this. He said, what do you do for a living? I said, I'm an actor, but I'm working as a receptionist. He goes, okay, do you have a lot of money? And I was like taken aback by his directness with that. And I went, no. And he goes, okay, do you have health insurance? I said, no. He goes, okay, you told me you're getting on a plane like today to get married, right? And I went, yeah. And he goes, okay, your rate is $20. And until you tell me otherwise, your rate will always be $20. He said, I have incredibly wealthy patients that come in three times a week who pay me exorbitant amounts of money so that I can charge you $20. That is your rate until you tell me otherwise. And I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, it was just the sweetest thing. And I ended up seeing this man for years. I sent other patients to him. So it ended up being that exchange of, you know, this residence, this, this give and take of money. And then when I had health insurance, I remember walking in one day and showing him my card and going, you can charge me 50 now, you know, but that was our relationship. And he just, he had this understanding of that giving and maybe the giving to me didn't directly come back from me, but it was, I gave to you, you gave to somebody else who gave to someone else who get, you know, it carried it forward. 
Um, and I just, I will, I will never forget this man because that was just such an incredible lesson. And I realized that sometimes that generosity, it comes back to you, you know? Well, it does. And that's, that's why, you know, that's a great example of, you know, again, there is this reciprocity of life. There's one of the laws, folks, is the law of reciprocity. Okay. It's, it's a cosmic law. You don't have to believe it, but it's real and it happens. I.e. everybody talks about karma. Guess what? That's the law of reciprocity. Okay. So, so when, when you look at it, because exactly like you're saying with that chiropractor, he had wealthy clients to them. It was nothing for them to probably come in, drop hundreds or thousands of dollars, you know, with him uh, on a weekly basis. The fact that he was able to receive that from those people allowed then your chiropractor to be able to share or give that forward, pay that forward, which is also the concept of general reciprocity to other people who are in need, right? Yeah. You know, if you want to save the world, you know, you got to be wealthy to do that. And, and you've got to have the resources to be able to help kind of mix it all around. And so that's a perfect example of, you know, pay what you can. He, he, he didn't, because this was the other, the other point where I, where I wanted to go to, because you were talking about sometimes light workers, healers, they think, oh, you know, I just, I, this is my gift. I have to give it away for free. But the problem is if, again, if you give something freely, but the other person does not give back, they cannot receive yeah. from the universe. There must be some exchange, right? E even if, if they're like, hey, I'm gonna buy you dinner next time or whatever, right. even if it was only a dollar, Right. But that chiropractor, you had to pay him something or give him something of value mm -hmm. for the service he was providing for you to actually get the healing. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's another thing that we that we tend to forget is if we don't charge people, we're actually hurting them because yep. they're not participating on their side of the exchange. And so they don't get the benefit. Yeah, they don't see the value in it. Well, and Usui, I can never pronounce it right, U-S-U-I, who rediscovered Reiki, he found that when he was giving the Reiki away, he would go back to these people later and find them back in this state of illness. And he realized that if you give this away for free, the people don't see the value in it. So it's not as effective. So, you know, people get on Deepak Chopra and they call him like Deep Pocket Chopra and he's so rich and who cares? He's, he's helping people. You know, he's not running a pyramid scheme. He's not running a Ponzi scheme. He's not stealing people's money. He is a teacher and a leader for so many people. I don't happen to resonate with him, but I don't resent the fact that he has a lot of money. Same thing with Eckhart Tolle. You know, he's admitted, he's like, I love really fancy watches. He goes, I love spending money on really fancy watches. And I'm thinking, good for you. You're talking about presence and meditation and then you're off buying you know, the latest Rolex. I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. Well, and that kind of gets back into one of the other things is we're talking about the energy of money, right? Is that prosperity consciousness, you know, you cannot be on the one hand, you know, getting all into, oh, Eckhart, you know, buying an expensive watch instead of doing something else and feel negative about how he chooses to share or, or roll his money forward, right? And, and if you're feeling negative about that, then of course, 
you know, are you going to be in that situation to receive? Probably not. But let's, let's take that as an example, right? Because sometimes people say, oh, you know, the rich people are buying rich cars and, and, you know, spending all this money on houses or, you know, $5,000 handbags or whatever, right? Oh, that's, that's a waste of money. That's not how you should be spending money. Well, let's stop and, and look at this because again, it's a balance. It's a whole it's a, money is a flow in mm-hmm. a flow out, a flow in a flow out. Do you think somebody built that rich person's house? You know, my dad was in the construction industry. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a general contractor. I worked for many years in the construction industry. I'm grateful for all of the people that want to build mansions because it helped put food on the table for me. Right. Uh, as a kid, because yeah. my father was able to earn money from that. Now, yeah. You know, and again, it, it, it becomes this big cycle, right? Even if you take something like the watch, somebody had to design the watch. They probably got paid to design it. Somebody got paid to mine the materials, refine the metals, uh, you know, make the different thing. If you look at something like, you know, a $10,000 Rolex watch, let's say, think about the hundreds of people behind that, mm-hmm who were also able to earn or provide for themselves and their families because of that, right? So again, it's, 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 a, it's a flow in, it's a flow out. And so if we're afraid to flow out and to pay people or give people what they're due for the services that they're providing for us, then we're not abundant right. and, and the money energy gets blocked. If we're only worried about inflow and we're not giving anything back, then it's a problem, right? And we've talked before about this on on the podcast about, you know, the fact of having employees or having other people like that, that yes, the revenues that we bring in are able to then also support and flow back out to other people as well. Absolutely. It's interesting. So, and I know we're going to talk about this on a future episode, but I do something called mental bank which I learned from Dr. Kappas at HMI, which is the hypnotherapy school I originally went to. And it's, it's about prosperity and abundance and shifting your perspective on money. And the example that he gives in the video when he teaches it is, and this is the original Dr. Kappas, not the current Dr. Kappas, it's his dad. Um, there was a guy that came to him for hypnosis and he could never make more than $18,000 a year. Like no matter what job he did, he'd hit 18 and that was just, he'd get fired, he'd get laid off as far as he could go. And in investigating that, Further, Dr. Kappas realized that the guy's father never made more than $18,000. So the, the kid, now the adult, in his mind felt like that was as much as he could do. And so this mental bank, which is a phenomenal activity, I do it every night now, um, helps you shift your focus on money, helps you shift your perspective on abundance. And I was teaching this technique to a bunch of massage therapists, um, mo- all, millennial, all millennials. They have a very different perspective on money. They have a very different perspective on capitalism, many of the millennials that I know. And I was teaching them this thing and the one girl goes, okay, well, but what happens then when you reach that goal in the mental bank? And I said, well, you double it again. And she goes, how much money do you need? And I'm thinking, oh oh my God, no. And I said, well, let me ask you this. I said, how old are you? She said, I'm 23. And I went, okay, cool. I said, are you going to have school loans? She said, no. I said, okay. I said, would you like to buy a house someday? She goes, yeah, probably. I said, do you want to get married and have kids? She goes, yeah, I think so. I said, what your idea of what you need right now for money 
is going to be really different when you're 40 and maybe you want to go back to school. Maybe you want to put your kids through school. Maybe you want to start a foundation. Maybe you want to donate to a homeless shelter. Just because you at 23 or 22 or however old she was, she didn't think, you know, she thought that was just exorbitant. Well, how much money do you possibly need? I'm thinking, wait, (laughs) just wait a little bit. You know, making money is not bad. Making money is not a bad thing. And I see, I mean, that was even sort of drilled in my head. You know, my dad kind of resented rich people. Uh, I had relatives who were very well off, but still continue to bitch and moan about how little money they had. And that drove my dad crazy. Cause he's like, you have triple the amount I do. And you're complaining about not having enough money. You buy this big house, you go on these trips. How dare you complain about not having enough? And so I kind of grew up in that mentality of, you know, he didn't want to be the bad guy. He didn't want to ask to have to ask for money. So I grew up in this very sort of unhealthy space about what being rich meant. And I remember when I bought my first brand new car, I was so excited. Like I'd always gotten used cars. I bought my first brand new car. I'd finished my PhD. That was my reward. Right. Um, And I called my dad on the way to the dealership and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to pick up the car. He goes, what'd you get? I said, I got a a RAV4. He goes, what year? And I said, this year. And he goes, you're getting a new car? And I said, yeah. And this was his response. Now, this was coming from his hangups, had no reflection on me. He goes, oh, must be nice to go out and buy a new car. I can't do that. And I was like, oh, I am your grown daughter. And that was, I think the one time, he was an amazing man. That was the one time in my life where he said something like that. But I could tell it like, he wasn't sure what to do with the fact that I was now probably making more money than him. And so he reacted with words in a way he actually apologized later and told me how proud he was of me but that was his thing it must be nice to go buy a new car you know because of his the way he was raised with money so we can break that cycle you can break that cycle by doing things like mental bank working with a money therapist money coach um just starting to shift your perspective yeah well and like you you know you brought up with kind of with your dad there but also you know um Dr. Kappas, it was talking before about the, the client that couldn't earn more than 18000 a year. There are, I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in other people's lives. There are unconscious money blocks that we have. We don't know necessarily what, what it is, what's causing it, why it is. But again, if you notice something like, I can't make more than $18,000 a year. Um, And if you're not recognizing why, you know, again, this is the time to probably reach out to somebody for some help because there's something that is holding you back. And the fact that you don't know what it is means you can't help work through it as well. Right. And so until you can actually identify, um, you know, because I I, and and it's funny because there is kind of some of the synergy stuff that goes along with it. I remember um, one of the hardest years that I had financially a few years ago, um, I realized coming to the end of that year that the year that I had that was probably the most financially struggling for me was the same age that my father was when he had his most challenging year financially. Uh, wow. Um, so there was some energy carryover from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't realize it till the end of the year. And then it's like, you know, kind of yeah. thing. But so but that's that's why, again, you know, doing things like the mental bank, talking to people, there are some really good people out there that actually do uh, energy work 
um, related to this and helping you get through it. Again, this is one of those things where hypnosis, um, other things like that can usually dig down and kind of get into some of this stuff and just yep. help you um, release what's been holding you back. Yeah. And, and it's literally almost like the floodgate just opens up. It does. <laughs> it really does. And I found this with affirmations too. You know, if you are constantly saying things like, oh, I'm broke, I can't afford that, I don't have enough. Okay, first of all, is that true? Because I've had coaching no, no, clients no, no, say, no. I'm broke. And I'm like, really? Well, how are you paying me today? And they laugh. And I'm like, you own a home, you have a rental property. Do you have money in the bank? Yeah. Okay. Are you broke? No, but that's this blanket statement we say. So if you find yourself saying things like that, one, check and see if it's true, because it's probably not. If it is, it's a whole other conversation, but it's probably not. Um, and then shift that to, I am prosperous and abundant. Money flows freely to me. The universe loves numbers. So I remember when I was in Hollywood, I was affirming, I am a, I am a working actor. And then I went, oh, no, 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 no. I know I'm, a wor I'm already working. I need to be paid. Okay, I am a paid working actor. I'm a paid working actor. That was my affirmation. And I got my first paid job. It was like 40 bucks a day for 10 hours of work. And I went, I'm like, fuck that up. All right, I gotta be more specific. <laughs> you know, set a number. Say, I, because when I do my, to, my goals every year, I set really specific numbers. This is what I want to weigh. This is how much I want to have in savings. I want to have zero in debt. This is how much money I want to make. These are how many keynotes I want to do. The universe loves numbers. And if you don't believe the number that you set, you can cheat. Mm. I love money. I love making money. I love making extra money so that I can enjoy myself. I love making extra money so I can help people around me. I love having extra money so I can have fun. I love having a million dollars. Those are all great things. And they're all better things to say to yourself than I'm broke or yeah. I can't afford that, right? Yeah. I mean, those are, there, there's some certain terms like that. I can't afford that. No, quit saying I can't afford it. You can afford anything you really want, right? If you choose not to buy it, right? That's different. But yeah. don't say I can't afford that. No, I choose not to buy that now. Or right. I, ch I choose not to buy that. It's not something that I want. Right. Instead of saying I can't afford it. You know, as you, were, as you were talking about your affirmations, especially as an actor, I remember the story about Jim Carrey. I don't know if you heard that one uh, where he was, you know, he was here in LA for, for a little while, struggling, struggling, struggling. He drove his, you know, beat up car up on, I think it was probably Mulholland drive or somewhere up there. And he was looking out over the city and, uh, and decided that he was going to get paid $10 million for a film. Now, you know, again, as a struggling actor making 40, a hundred bucks a day, it's like yeah. $10 million is a big leap, but did he end up doing it? Yes, because he oh. wrote himself a check for $10 million, I believe, if I remember right, put it in his wallet and carried it around. He got paid more than $10 million for, for movies eventually, folks. Oh, you got one sitting there right there for you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's been sitting there since 2010. Yep. So, you know, again, that's one of those, the, the universe does love numbers yeah. um, as well. And so, you know, again, there's, and, and, that, and that's just, a couple of examples, but I've heard hundreds and hundreds of these kind of examples of, of what people have been able to do. Yeah. And affirmations work. I did one for a while was I expect, I accept money from unexpected sources because I didn't need to know where it came from. I just needed to know it was coming and that I deserved it. And within days I got hired to do expert witness work 
I didn't even know that was a thing. They were looking for a massage therapist. And I've worked with this company about a dozen times. I've kept, I kept one guy out of jail. I have helped people get the, the compensation for horrible injuries. I've gotten horrible massage therapists out of the business. I protected other massage therapists who were wrongly accused of stuff. And I've made a really good living from not a whole living, but it's like, that's been an amazing amount of extra money. After I did the affirmation, I accept money from unexpected sources. Literally within days of me starting that affirmation, that happened. I definitely wouldn't have expected it. I wouldn't have thought to seek it out because I didn't know they needed a massage therapist for such a thing, but this stuff works. So just shift your, it's all again, like we talk about so much, it's all about shifting your perspective, looking at things a different way. It is. Yeah. It is. So there is energy with money. So again, you know, we talked about lots of little things, but even, you know, again, like the Susie Orman thing at the beginning, it physically you know, taking care of your money, doing what it is. I'm one of those people. I'm very anal about my money. I have my certain thing in my wallet. Everything is folded. It's the right way. It's in certain order. Everything is taken care of because I do have physical respect for the money as well, right? That's one thing you can do. And we've talked about lots of other things, you know, get rid of saying, you know, stop saying some of those things that we know are not true that are holding ourselves back replace those with different things like I received money from unexpected sources you know I've, I did that one for a little while too and I had some stuff show up that I had no idea would have ever been there right yeah. um, so you know those things do work and, and again you know it's it's all about energy try to separate and realize if you serve people if you're doing you know good for humanity the money will follow right I serve people and money piles up for me. That's one of them that I do, right? Mm. I focus on the serving and yep. let the universe worry about filling my bank account. Um, and it does, right? So that's yeah. another thing kind of for, from that. And, and again, too, you know, one of the things we talked about, there's a bunch of great practitioners that are out there as well. If you're seeing that there are certain blocks that you're having, you're not sure why you can't get past something, reach out yeah. to people. They're great. I mean, you and I have done it and it works. So yeah. um, there's, there's people out there as well to be able to help because at the end of the day, money is just a medium of exchange, but it allows you to do so much and to serve so many people. Yeah. It's not icky. It, it flows in, it flows out. And the better that you can do it at actually how you're using your money to help serve other people and help care for other people money is beautiful. Mm -hmm. uh, and in fact, you know, the biggest way to help change and make an impact on this world is actually to be wealthy, because you can do a lot more good yeah. with money than you can without money. Yeah. That's the way it is. Right. I mean, you know, it's like, it's just that's how it's all set up. So yep. we might as well embrace that. And do what we can in that system to make the biggest change in the world. Yep. Yeah. I love that. Cool. Ah, uh, this was a fab. I love this episode. We haven't talked about we haven't talked about money. All these episodes, hundreds of thousands of episodes. <laughs> hundreds and thousands of episodes. I don't. I don't do math, which is why okay. I have an accountant. Anyway, I am Kathy Groover. I can be reached at kathygroover.com. And I'm Jason Mefford. I can be reached at jasonmefford.com. So this week, think about money. Think about changing and having a more positive energy towards it, and just watch it start coming in, filling up, and the, all the good that you can do 
for the rest of the world by having that. Catch you on the next episode of the Fire Podcast. See ya. See ya.